dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Using research to set up new clinical services in dementia, influencing and commissioning change. I was sat in a PPI reference group with people with lived experience of language-led dementias or primary progressive aphasia as it's also known and their family members approximately two years ago. Gosh that feels like a lifetime ago before the pandemic when someone reminded me of an important point. They flagged up that ultimately patient care is more important to, to them than research. By that they explained that though it was important to demonstrate the effectiveness of interventions in dementia, surely if enough people believed it worked, wasn't the question more about how to make commissioners pay for the services so that people could actually receive them? Now we're talking about speech and language therapy interventions here. They challenged me to focus as much on influencing care pathways as on developing and doing the research. With my clinical speech and language therapy background, it had been this lack of commissioning that had driven me to research. I believe that rigorous research can actually influence practice guidelines and standards. I've also realised that rigorous research can allow me to build networks and connections and that these networks and connections can influence practice more laterally. And it was these connections that have allowed me to put my toe back into clinical practice. My research focused on developing interventions for people with progressive aphasia. So this has included a systematic review of the research on speech and language interventions for this group, where I picked out the key components, including things like the number of sessions and how these were delivered. I also conducted a UK-wide survey of current speech and language therapy services for people with PPA or primary progressive aphasia, enabling me to understand the restrictive service criteria preventing the delivery of these services, as well as other barriers in terms of knowledge and awareness and confidence in how to support people with PPA. I've also worked closely with people with PPA or primary progressive aphasia and their family members, co-producing a new intervention delivered by speech and language therapists to improve conversations for people with primary progressive aphasia and ultimately reduce the impact of their aphasia, improve well-being and maintain relationships. This research provided an excellent basis to collect data on the gaps in current local speech and language therapy services and highlighted the value of a national service in mentoring speech and language therapists and thus building capacity. Additionally, delivering therapy and providing equitable access to speech and language therapy for people with primary progressive aphasia across the UK. Synthesising the latest research findings on interventions for people with primary progressive aphasia provided a huge resource of knowledge and information on best practice. A wonderful part of this journey has been working with my supervisory team and people living with primary progressive aphasia, often through the Rare Dementia Support Group. My mentor, Professor Jason Warren, is a clinical academic working across the Dementia Research Centre and the Cognitive Disorders Clinics at the National Hospital for Neuro Neurology and Neurosurgery and highlighted where to date there has been, this highlighted where to date that there's been limited speech and language therapy input here. Professor Warren has close links with the primary progressive aphasia branch of the Rare Dementia Support who hosts support group meetings and direct support to people with primary progressive aphasia and their families in a more support capacity of course. I have become more and more involved with this group and have thus met Professor Seb Crutch, who runs the organisation. 
working with Professor Warren and Professor Crutch highlighted the possibility of establishing a new clinical speech and language therapy role at the National Hospital for Neurology and Neurosurgery. So I got in touch with the speech and language therapy team there and I joined up the dots. I'm eternally grateful for the hard work that was done by the clinical leads internally across speech and language therapy and the cognitive disorders clinics. As a consequence, I now work part-time clinically and have established a very small national speech and language therapy service for people with primary progressive aphasia. We have even managed to grow this service over the last 18 months. The service was initially funded by Rare Dementia Support and more recently by University College London Hospital Charities. We have collected lots of data on the service from patients, their relatives, so both opinions and outcome data, and from our multidisciplinary colleagues and from speech and language therapists in the community. We've also collated activity data and are hoping to disseminate all this information in the near future, so do watch this space. We hope that this data will also inform further commissioning and further expansion of our service so we can meet the needs of people with progressive aphasia, not just those of people with primary progressive aphasia, but also those living with other rare dementias too. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.